Thank you for listening to Speaking of Vegan. If you or someone you know is vegan and would like to be a guest on our show, feel free to email us at info at speakingofvegan.com. Be sure to send along a brief description of yourself and why you'd be a great guest on our show. Again, that email is info at speakingofvegan.com, and you can also contact us through our website at www.speakingofvegan.com. Welcome back, everybody. This is Anuj Shah, your humble host, as always, on Speaking of Vegan, speakingofvegan.com. And here I am in New Orleans, Louisiana, of all places, at NOLA VegFest 2016, and I am interviewing none other than Leah Duncan, one of the major organizers of NOLA VegFest. Hi, Leah. Hi. It is great to be here with you. Thanks for joining us. I know that you are super busy today running around the festival trying to manage everything, including naughty people who bring non-vegan foods in. Right. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm taking you away from all that fun. But thanks for being here. And I want to just talk to you briefly. I, I won't take long because I know how, how much you've got to do. And I myself have run for, have been one of the organizers of four of consecutive VegFests in Houston. Uh, I'm on the Vegan Society of Peace board. And, and I know what a huge undertaking it is. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an incredibly just... A, 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 what can I say? There's so many adjectives that are coming to my mind, but it's an, a huge undertaking, and it's incredibly rewarding because of all the thousands of people who come and get introduced to veganism and this lifestyle. Well, let me ask you, how long have you guys been doing NOLA Veg Fest here in New Orleans? Um, the fest as NOLA Veggie Fest is in year eight, but we've actually been doing Veggie Fest under the Humane Society of Louisiana since its inception in the 80s. Um, they just weren't called NOLA Veggie Fest back then. So okay. this is our eighth year here and our first year at the Kingsley House, which is an amazing venue. Um, we've got a, an amazing, gorgeous courtyard and the live oak trees, beautiful sunshine, but lots of shade. We're enjoying a lot of live music out here today. No, actually, you, you hit on so many great points there that I wanted to talk about. Your venue here is absolutely beautiful. Kingsley House, you say, there's this gorgeous courtyard, and you could not have picked a better day. I mean, I, well, of course, you didn't pick it. You had it long. I mean, it was just <laughs> luck of the draw, I guess. But what a gorgeous day. There's not a cloud in the sky, and the temperature's perfect. It's not too warm. And um, it is just so serene here. And like you said, the trees are beautiful, and it's just a lovely atmosphere. And when you're out there with the band, it feels, you know, just really natural, and there's a lot of green and blue sky and great food and it's just a great a yeah. great environment yeah and it, you know it was all by design we really wanted to pull off the vibe of a more typical new orleans festival this year that happens to be all vegan and we still of course have all of our um light vegan lifestyle information and speakers and um you know resources to help those who are tiptoeing into the lifestyle to maintain that amazing choice so um, we're open free to the public for the first year, which was a huge goal. We don't want to be cost prohibitive to those who want to check out our information. We want everybody to have access. So we're thrilled that that has worked out. We, um, and we're throwing in more things like live music and um, a, a better mix of vendors. Not all our vendors here are vegan businesses, but they are here showcasing their best vegan goods today. And we're excited to be able to show our community that they can go to so many more businesses in our city 
than just the vegan businesses and be served well. No, you raise a great point because that's kind of how we, what we do in Houston too. You know, I wish we had all vegan businesses, but you know, we're getting there, right? We're getting, we're making progress every day here in the universe. Uh, and we also have people who aren't in their business 100% vegan, but they have a lot of great vegan items or merchandise or vegan food. And that's what they bring to the VegFest. And people get a chance to see how easy and amazing it is to be vegan, how easy it is to live vegan, to eat vegan, and to enjoy a vegan lifestyle because it's so much more available than people actually even think. And then they come to these festivals and get inspired and say, wow, I didn't even know you could eat that vegan or you could buy that vegan or you can have whatever. So yeah. it's really great what you're doing here. Let me ask you uh, how, uh, your own personal story a little bit. I mean, how does how is it that you went vegan? What inspired you to go vegan and to, uh, you know, kind of get involved in the movement and, and be involved with uh, putting together a huge uh, festival like uh, NOLA Veggie Fest? Well, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be raised vegetarian with a special um, perspective that, you know, animals are to be respected, that they wish and have the desire to live and, and love and, and reproduce like we all do. And, uh, and that was here in New Orleans, yeah, you grew up? Well, actually an hour south of here wow. on the bayou in Thibodeau. <laughs> that is amazing that you were able to have that kind of upbringing. Most of us yeah. wish we could have had that. Yeah, I, I wow. truly, truly um, feel blessed for that reason. And then... Um, a few years ago, I um, started volunteering with the Humane Society of Louisiana, which is a vegan-hearted, no-kill animal rescue, um, separate from the national group. And um, they are the underwriters for our amazing Nola Veggie Fest. And that's how I started with volunteer work with these folks. And they inspired me to go fully vegan. I've been fully vegan for years now, um, just trying to make my outsides match my insides um, and, and further that compassion and um, never looked back. And now I've just continued to push forward with this great movement and we have an amazing festival. We, um, the Humane Society actually puts on events all year, all year long. All of our um, galas and fundraisers are vegan all year long. Um, and we, I also have started my own vegan company, which is Vegan Village. It's a mobile vegan food court that I bring to existing events and festivals and marathons all over Louisiana. So um, I go to any given community and pull in their um, existing vegan resources and sort of showcase that for people so that they know they can be vegan in their own town. That is a huge service for people because, again, like I'm saying, a lot of people are just kind of getting are a little bit new to this or getting, you know, acquainted with this. And for the people to know that there are vegan resources in their in their community is, is so vital. I was at your booth a little while ago. It's great. And you guys have a really fantastic NOLA vegan guide. Yes, so that is amazing. I, and I think we really need to do more of those around the country. Every city should have a really great vegan guide. So people can just find it and they can see all the resources in the community and they can enjoy a vegan vacation or a vegan stay or whatever it is. Yeah, um, New Orleans and Green is put together by uh, Melissa Bastian. And she has got a very comprehensive map on her um, blog site and that has got um, the greater New Orleans area mapped out and every vegan friendly joint that you can think of is on there. So uh, I reference it just continuously myself and I agree it is absolutely needed in every city. Yeah, and I actually, yeah, like I said, I mean, I wish we had those a lot more uh, around the country and they were more prevalent. But I tell you what, our experience in New Orleans this time around, and I've been here many times, has been just delightful. I mean, New Orleans has so many vegan resources. I won't name names uh, at this point. If the company wants to get in touch with us and wants to, you know, um, have us, uh, you know, talk to them, that'd be great. But we went to a restaurant that night, last night that was so amazing. I mean, it was not 100% vegan. They had so many vegan options, though, and every major item on their menu had a vegan option. And they had all these great traditions 
traditional Louisiana foods. They had the jambalaya and they had gumbo and they had different types of, you know, just a really wonderful different type uh, of mixtures of different kinds of fruits and vegetables and grains. And it was such a delight to eat there. I mean, really one of the best dining experiences my friends and I have had in a long time. Really? I'm so excited to hear that. And uh, we do. We have amazing restaurants here in New Orleans. We have two all-vegan restaurants here in New Orleans, which I'm stoked about. We've got Seed Cafe on Britannia, and we've also got Good Karma Cafe on Canal. And um, both of these places just, I mean, you can bring your Omni family and friends, and they will not be disappointed. But then we've got great places like uh, Carmo Cafe and Catahoula Hotels Cafe and um, just a plethora of others that have amazing uh vegan menu options. Well, well, like I said, that guide is really pretty extensive. It's not a one or two page pamphlet. It yeah. is a really great guide with a lot of maps and a lot of really, really good, it looks like, you know, updated current information and really detailed information about what resources there are here in, in Louisiana, in New Orleans, especially, of course, New Orleans vegan guide. Well, let me tell you, you guys are doing such a wonderful job here. I don't want to keep you much, much more, really. It's just such, such a delight, really, to talk to you and have gotten to know you and gotten to know my counterpart here in New Orleans, you know, and all that stuff. But what, is there anything you'd like to say in closing any resources you'd like to leave people is there a website they can access to learn more about your business or about the nola veggie fest or tell us all of the above um please go to nolaveggiefest.com to see what we're up to all year long we're going to be jumping right into planning for next year um you can also check out humanela.org that's for the humane society of louisiana a no-kill vegan-hearted animal rescue and you can find Vegan Village and my other projects on Facebook and follow us there. We've got a lot going on. Well, and I just want to say, you mentioned it briefly earlier, but just for clarification, Humane Louisiana or Humane Society that you all have here is completely uh, unrelated to the Humane, the National Humane Society, right? Correct. Humane Society of the United States, you have no affiliation. Right. So that's, that's um, We are a 28-year-old, privately funded nonprofit, um, completely separate from the National Humane Society, no affiliation. That's fantastic. Well, Leah Duncan, it has been a real pleasure to talk to you and meet you today, and thank you for this wonderful festival that you're putting down. We came uh, putting up, we came all the way down here from uh, Houston. We're going to be here for both days. It's awesome. really cool that you have a two-day festival. Those are getting more and more common as well, and uh, we, we aspire to do a two-day festival in Houston sometime soon, and uh, I really thank you for your time, and have a wonderful rest of the festival today uh, and tomorrow. Thank you. I hope you get to stay and enjoy. Will do. Thank you so much, and you have a good one. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Vegan. We're excited to be able to release a new show for you every few days, but if you have a hankering to keep in communication with us between episodes, and of course you do, you can stay connected with us through Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Instagram, and our YouTube pages. Thank you again for your interest in making the world a kinder place, and until next time, we'll see you in the Twittersphere. And welcome back, everyone, to another edition of Speaking of Vegan, speakingofvegan.com. I am Anut Shah, your humble host, as always. And today I am delighted to have with me here in the studio Jane, uh, Jane Velez-Mitchell of Jane Unchained. And without, uh, with, without further ado, I'm going to go right into it. Hi, Jane. Hey, how are you? It's great to have you here. I'm great. Well, here we are actually at our uh, off-site studio at the NOLA Veggie Fest, uh, NOLA Veggie Fest 2016. It is so nice to have met you here. And you just gave a fantastic galvanizing talk that got everybody completely just off their feet and you know, in a thunderous applause, and you inspired everyone to go vegan if they're not already vegan. And for those of us who are vegan, to be even more vegan uh, 
you know, activists and to get online and to get into social media and just do so many wonderful things. So tell me a little bit about you and your background. I know you have a media background. You're with CNN. I've known about you ever since I lived in L.A. and was in law school. But tell me how, how you got inspired. What inspired you to go vegan? You said you went vegan 19 years ago. Let's start there. Yeah, well, uh, I'm very blessed to have grown up in a semi-vegetarian household. My mom was from Puerto Rico. She died, unfortunately, just uh, six months ago at the age of 99 and a half. So she wow. almost made it to 100. Okay. And she had a pit, pet pig, but she thought it was her pet pig. But it was a food animal, and they slaughtered her best friend. And she was hysterical. And this was when she was about five or six. She shunned meat from that point on. And so... Uh, when I grew up in midtown Manhattan, my dad was Irish. He was a big meat eater until he met my mom. And he converted pretty much to pescatarianism. He um, would occasionally grab a piece of turkey like once a year, but for him it was a really big switch. Uh, and he considered himself kind of a vegetarian, but he wasn't. We ate fish, we ate eggs, we ate dairy. So we certainly weren't vegan, but we were on the journey. We were on the road. And then as I grew up and became a journalist, I went to NYU and uh, I uh, then got jobs and uh, I started finding out about the horrors inflicted on animals. First, uh, about animal experimentation, <clears throat> I was a reporter anchor in Philadelphia and I heard about the horrific uh, head injury experiments being done at a university there and I saw the video and I still am haunted by that video of these people torturing these animals and laughing about it and playing rock music while they were doing it. I, I was just... I said, you know, it was one of those, is there a God kind of moments. And uh, so then I got into it and started finding out about factory farming. And um, so I interviewed Howard Lyman. He's the author of Mad Cowboy. By this point, I was working in Los Angeles as an anchor. And uh, he was the one who went on Oprah. And he was the one who had been a fourth-generation cattle rancher who got very ill. And he said, made a pact with God. He said, God, if you get me out of this alive because he had to do a surgery, I'll reveal the nasty secrets of my industry. He got out alive. He wrote a book, Mad Cowboy. He went on Oprah. And that's when she famously said, uh, because he was telling her all about the horrible things they do, <clears throat> she said, that just stopped me cold from eating another burger. And that's when she was sued by the Cattlemen's Association, and she had to move her, her show down to Texas. And anyway, he was a cause celeb. He was doing a book tour. So he came by uh, my studio where I worked in Los Angeles, and I interviewed him about all this. And afterwards, he and his publicist, Mar Nealon, I don't know if you know Mar. I do. Very do. fierce activist. Yeah. They came up to me, and they said, we hear you're vegetarian. And I said, yeah. They, and then Mar said, do you eat dairy? And I said, yeah. But I did it sort of shamefaced. Like, I, I had just heard him talk about what they do to the calves and the veal crates and and she looked at me, she pointed her finger right at my nose, and she said, liquid meat, like that. And at that, that moment... Sounds like more. <laughs> yeah. At that moment, I just was filled with shame, and I just went vegan, and I never tasted dairy again uh, wow. on purpose. About a month later, and this is very true, I used to love cheese. That was one of my... As many, many people say the same thing. Oh, I'd never give up cheese. Right. So somebody, about a month, maybe a month and a half later, I ordered a salad to go, and somebody had put Parmesan cheese on it, and I took a bite, and it was disgusting. I spit it out in revulsion. So what that taught me is your taste buds change. And there's a reason why, you know, rehab is 28 days. It takes about a month for your taste buds for you to change any habit. So that just reminded me of how I do not ever want to go back there. Uh, just like I'm 21 years sober and I don't ever want to go back to drinking. 
And it's interesting that all that happened after I got sober, because before I got sober, I used to do everything kind of half-assed, including vegetarianism. And then once I got sober, I had more clarity, and uh, I started doing it the right way and, and going vegan. And, um, you know, I'm not saying, oh, I'm perfect. Uh, my girlfriend and I had a real struggle getting our dogs to go vegan, and we finally got them to go vegan. And so that's a huge – and they're happy. And you know what? I realized it was just about – taking the treats away and giving them other treats. And at first they would reject things. And we got more and more creative, uh, cooking up squash, putting oil in it, and, uh, you know, Tad uh, doing sweet potatoes, uh, finding out what they liked. And we got them to go vegan, and everybody's happy. And uh, so, you know, uh, we're none of us progress, not perfection. But, yes, I can say that I haven't eaten meat or dairy in 19 years, and I don't wear leather. And I try my best not to buy products that are tested on animals. It's very hard in this world. You know, you call the plumber over and he puts silicon on something when you walk out of the room. You don't – well, I guess what I'm, I'm making that point in that it's hard to do things perfectly. And I also think that we like to attack each other. You know, everybody takes each other's inventory. And I don't think that's good for the movement. I think we should attack, you know, and fight the real enemy, the people who are trying to get rich and getting rich off of serving – a really unhealthy, poisonous food that involves the torture of billions of animals to people. Sure. Well, two things I want to say about that. You made some great points. One is you said meat and dairy, and I know during your talk you clarified that when you say meat and dairy, you also mean meat, dairy, eggs, and sea animals, and that, the whole oh, yeah. animal any kingdom. Any animal at all, including right. bees. I don't use honey. Right. And, in right. fact, uh, that's a funny story behind that because basically I was in mainstream media for 37 years, and uh, now I'm 60. And, you know, it's very much age-appropriate when I was 59 and a half, literally, uh, my uh, my show ended, um, and uh, then my mom died, passed away, and I realized this is a life change, you know, and what am I going to do with the rest of my life as I appropriately go into the next phase? I think we have to embrace what things that come to us. And uh, so I said, you know, I have an ability to put together news stories. I've done it for 37 years. So <clears throat> what I'm going to do is use the cell phone to um, go out there and record news stories. And... Uh, that's exactly what I started doing because the mainstream media does not cover <clears throat> stories. Look here. We're here at the New Orleans Veg Fest. Thousands of people gathered. There's yeah. not that much going on in New Orleans. <laughs> Why are there no lo local yeah, news reporters? There's no local news reporters yeah, they're not here. here so imagine yeah. that, right? Yeah, they don't want to promote this because look at their advertisers, meat yeah, and dairy. Sure. So it's like living in an oppressive system where the, the people in charge are not invested in us learning the truth about meat and dairy about the fact that it's one of the leading, if not the leading cause of climate change, about the fact that, and this was on the front page of the New York Times, and then it disappeared, and nobody ever mentioned it again, but the World Health Organization issued a summary of 200 studies that said meat is carcinogenic, processed meat is carcinogenic, and other meat is likely carcinogenic. So if, if you're feeding your kid a chicken nugget, you might as well be feeding them a cigarette. And yet the mainstream media, it's like it never happened because it's all about the money. Follow the money. Sure, absolutely. Well, and uh, that's exactly right. You know, I mean, I'd say probably way worse than feeding uh, the kid a cigarette, really. But anyway, sure. Well, and, and so you, you uh, mentioned that. And also you talk about uh, the perfection. I just wanted to mention, you know, something that I heard Carol Adams say a long time ago. You know, the author of The Sexual Politics of Meat and, mm -hmm. and, and, and – yeah. Uh, the pornography of meat and that kind of thing. She said something lovely, which she said, you know what, the whole, this whole idea of perfectionism is, is just a ruse. It's a red herring. I mean, what we want to do is do the least harm. If you can mm -hmm. do the least harm, yeah. you're doing great. And I think for 
All of us, that's what we're wanting to do. I mean, I think I agree with you 100%. There's no reason to fight, and there's no reason to point out who's more vegan than someone else. We're all on this path to live a life of, of doing the least harm, and it's a really joyful path. I love being a joyful vegan, as I know you do. And, yes, um, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy. It, it's like I couldn't even imagine a world where I went to sleep every night. You know, I do a lot of stupid things every day. Like, I lost my reusable cup here. And I lost another reusable cup at VegFest LA, and I swore to myself this morning I wasn't going to lose it. I was going to keep track of it. I was going to be mindful, which is a, something I have an issue with. And, of course, I lost it. So there's stupid thing number one I did today. Did, and I'm sure I did many other stupid things. I just had a thought before you saw. You, you're, you, you're Jane Unchained. But what you should say is you're Jane Unchained except the, the, the reusable cup that's chained to your wrist. How's that? Well, so maybe Jane I should, Unchained yes, except the I should chain cup. the cup to my wrist. That's right. I do carry my, you know, <laughs> I did stop somebody from giving me a plastic fork today. I carry my reusable uh, bamboo utensils with yeah. me attached to my purse. So um, anyway, but when I put my head down on the pillow at night, I know that I did not kill today. Right. So I made a mistake, but I didn't kill something or someone. I don't call animals something. I call them someone. Absolutely. Someone who had a mother. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it's time for all of us to step up. We're getting near the tipping point. We're getting to the point where we are, you know, breaking through into the mainstream. I was just at Natural Products Expo West. There's thousands of vegan products. Uh, vegan meats, the meat alternatives are getting more and more popular. There's an alternative for dairy and butter and cheese and burgers. If you've got to try the field roast burgers, not the, just the field roast roasts, the field roast burgers, which I can't find anywhere, unfortunately, are the best tasting vegan burgers. It's like a totally new dimension. Wow. And I do have a lot of cookouts because I live at the beach and I invite people over purposely and just say, come on over. And I don't say it's a vegan thing and right. then I do a whole vegan cookout. Right. But um, – do you tell them afterwards, after they've eaten it, and going, oh, this was well, amazing? Well, in truth, <laughs> you know, people know me, and they know yeah, I'm vegan. probably figure. I had a, a, a relative once who's – a lot of my relatives are vegan or vegetarian, but one tried to sneak in some meat to my house, and I – because we were having a cookout, and he mm -hmm. idiotically thought I was going to, what, allow my grill to have a piece of dead animal on it, and I locked him out, <laughs> and we had a big fight. Anyway, go ahead. No, no, I was just... Yeah. I, I, you can keep going. I was well, just, I was just saying me, that. Let me I, get to my point yeah, that, yeah, of my that. talk is that... So after 37 years in mainstream media, I moved on and decided to start covering the stories like this VegFest that the mainstream media ignores. And so in a year and a half, I've put together with my girlfriend who helps me more than 200 stories that have collectively been viewed well over a million times. And the great thing is that those stories remain on social media primarily seen through Facebook, but they're also archived on YouTube, which I'm going to start promoting YouTube. But so far, I've focused on Facebook. We're and still in its infancy. you have 203,000 followers. Yes. 203,000 followers on Facebook so far. Yes. That's great. Yeah. And so my whole thing is to try to increase distribution. I don't um, – I use all my own funds. My, you know, I've worked 37 years, so I – and this is also very low cost to shoot it. We all have cell phones. I have a computer anyway. So shooting and editing is free. It's just right. time, labor intensive. It's very labor intensive. I was up till one in the morning uh, editing a story I did on VegFest LA. And so, but what I do seek contributions for uh, is post boosting. So if you want to right. help me, because right. what, what happens is if I do a story like the story I edited on VegFest LA and I posted this morning and uh, – Maybe 10,000 people or 5,000 people see it, but if I boost it for $200, 200,000 people see it. And so maybe 10 people or 1% of the people decide to try veganism. So 
I do collect money for post boots because I can't afford to do that. Sure. It's not sustainable. So let me just tell you, it's yeah. connectpal.com slash Jane. Okay, great. If you want to help out, uh, I charge two ninety nine a month for some podcast content, but basically it's a donation to keep us going. It's connectpal.com slash Jane. Because my point is, if I get a thousand people to do two ninety nine a month, that's three thousand a year, yeah. and that'll go a long way to covering all my costs for boost, boost, boosting posts. Well, it's all for a it good doesn't cause. cover you know my travel. Like I travel here, I travel to the. Uh, New Orleans Veg Fest. I'm traveling to the uh, Albany Veg Fest. I'm right. traveling to Florida for a, a, a battle against laboratory monkey breeding facilities. I travel all over the country, and th I take care of that. I don't get a salary, or, and I do that. The only thing I am seeking funds for is to boost the posts. Great, yeah. To yeah. get the word Distribution. out. Distribution. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, get the word out. Like you said in your talk today, if even one person chooses to go vegan, that's the savings of 20,000 animals over a period of a lifetime, 600 yeah. gallons of water a day or whatever it is. Right? Yeah, I mean, or, and not to mention that person's likely less likely to get cancer and heart disease and obesity and, you know, diabetes sure. and everything else that comes along with a fast food, meat, and dairy diet. Absolutely. Far less likely. Like to, yeah. Well, and so, so you do all this. I mean, I know you were with the media for such a long time, and here you are. I mean, what... What is it that continues to drive you? I mean, you were you were so passionate today in your talk. I mean, people were just on their feet. I mean, there was a packed house, and here you are. You know, at the age of sixty, you don't look a, a day over thirty-five. I have well, to thank say, you. actually. But of course, the lighting mean, in this uh, oh, women's know. locker room bathroom. You may hear the toilet flush every so often. It's lovely. Oh my gosh. Okay, you didn't have to reveal that. Fair enough. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are making the best of what we can here at Nola Veggie Fest 2016. Uh -huh. um, but no, I mean, it, it's just it's inspiring to hear you talk and to do all this. I mean, t talk a little bit more about what you drives you every day. I mean, you don't have to do this. You could retire. You could do whatever you want. Just relax. Well, I can't stop thinking about these suffering animals. It, it's in my head 24/7, 365. I go to sleep thinking of these animals, I wake up thinking of them. I mean, how can we sit around killing 70 billion land animals for food and not be, it's, it is a holocaust, okay? I mean, and I didn't say that, you know, holocaust survivors like Alex Hershaft have said it. And um, it's like, you know, how can I sit around enjoying myself and just, I don't, you know, my girlfriend and I discuss this because I don't want to do anything that doesn't involve animal rights. I don't, I mean, occasionally I'll go to a movie or watch TV to unwind, but basically every event I want to go to, everything I do, I want to do something for animal rights. That's all I'm interested in. And it's an issue. <laughs> no, absolutely. She's an animal activist too, but she's like, hey, can occasionally <laughs> do something that doesn't involve it? But really, why would I want to be doing something else when I could be here at VegFest, maybe turning somebody vegan? That's right. Inspiring someone to make the world a better place and a more compassionate place. Well, yeah. Stop killing animals. It's right. very simple. Right. I I'll retire and read trashy novels and eat bonbons on the beach, vegan bonbons, of course. if we could just stop killing animals. Yeah. There's no need. We are operating on a false premise. Our entire culture is based on a faulty notion that we have to kill to survive. And it's a litmus test of our civilization. Once we break through and realize life isn't a zero-sum game and we don't have to kill to survive, everything will change. War will change. It'll disappear. You know, all sorts of things will change when we evolve to that point. This is the litmus test of civilization. It's not some little niche issue that, oh, it's like a hobby. It's, it's literally the future of our civilization depends on it. And I just want to say that's a, you, what you're saying is so true because people can think, well, that just seems like a dramatization or just an exaggeration, but it actually is the core issue of everything because it's connected directly into world hunger, directly into the environment, environmental catastrophes, climate change, connected di directly into people's health, into our medical system, into and into this gigantic industrial complex we have of torture and, and murder, which are the slaughterhouses. 
And all these people who think they're so smart and so good and got it all together and they're talking about whatever, you know, the election where they never bring this up, you know, where Iowa is the first state and obviously it's the largest pig producing state. I don't use the phrase pork because that's trying to get us a step removed from the fact that we kill these pigs. I mean, everybody asks like this and, and Bernie Sanders is a promoter of um, – Subsidies for the dairy industry. He's from Vermont. It's a big, big dairy state. So, you know, even people who are so-called liberals are not um, necessarily uh, in tune with this. And uh, that infuriates me. You know, in other words, the good news is that this is a subject that is literally politically neutral in the sense that you can have conservatives, liberals, Democrats, Republicans. If you love animals, you don't want to kill them. You can be in this. And in fact, if I were a conservative, which I, I am, I mean, I'm a green. That's what I am. Uh, I think well, you raised labels, a great point in your talk. If we don't have a world to live in, it doesn't matter what political party you are, right? Exactly. But also, really, if you're a conservative, would you want, why are you spending money subsidizing a business? Meat and dairy industry is subsidized by our tax dollars. That's socialism. That's not capitalism. That's a great point. So conservatives should be libertarians, Tea Partiers should be the first who want to cut these subsidies. And Matthew Scully, uh, you know, a speech mm -hmm. uh, speechwriter from George Bush, yes, and all these people over him. a decade, decade ago. I, you know, in his book Dominion, he's a very conservative person, right. yet he's a, a very uh, compassionate animal rights vegan because it doesn't matter what political stripe you are, whatever it is. I mean, to have a heart and to be compassionate for the earth and for animals doesn't require you to be on the left or the right. Exactly. I mean, I think those labels, one of the reasons why we have such a crazy presidential year is that those labels have become completely meaningless. Right. Um, you know, not 100 percent because there are some litmus test issues, but even that, even that, we have them being stomped on by a candidate. I'm not even going to mention his name. Um, but uh, the point is that, you know, I think that's all 20th century thinking. And uh, what we're seeing is a breakdown because our, 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 our government is morally bankrupt. We all know this. We know that the USDA is controlled by the meat and dairy industry. We know that the FDA is controlled by the drug industry. And the list goes on and on. And the National Institutes of Health is controlled by a bunch of industries and scient scientists who are vivisectors. They're all vivisectors sure. that, ru that are running the show. Yeah. So, you know, we, we're, we're, we're wasting so much money torturing animals. We've got USDA's wildlife services that is running around killing animals. That's all they do is kill wildlife for the cattle industry. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's ridiculous that this stuff, and I'm disappointed that some of this stuff didn't end. Now, I know they tried, uh, you know, Michelle Obama tried the, the eat your fruits and vegetables, and boy, did they shut her down fast and then turn it into a let's move campaign. Right. You know, um, so even the president is not very powerful against these entrenched industries. Well, and since we're talking, I mean, you know, I will say one thing about since we're talking about political candidates a moment ago, there is a candidate that very few people have heard of named Clifton Roberts. I interviewed him. He's with the you may thank you very much. I'm so glad you have. Very few people know about we him. Did he's a with story the Humane Party. It's he's great. He's an executive at Intel. He's very smart. That's he's right. a great guy. But and he's an animal rights vegan. Yeah. Do you think that anybody has covered him? <laughs> Except for you and me, Jane. I don't think anybody knows about this guy. You know, so, and all your listeners well, and followers. It's like an, oppre it's an oppressive society. Of You're not supposed to know about him because right. if you, if, you know. Oh, and he's a joke because he, he doesn't want to kill. That That's makes right. him a joke. That's right. Because exactly. serious people kill. 
Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, if you're serious and you're really exa- – yeah, yeah, I know. But, you know, the joke's on them because they're destroying our planet. And, right. you know, I don't have children. I don't have human biological children. I have my chihuahua rescues and my cat rescue. But um, if I had kids, you know, I'd be a little concerned. If the, if the oceans rise by 3%, 2%, all those oceanfront uh, cities and towns, goodbye. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Well, and I tell you what, I mean, there's so much more we could talk about. You gave it an arousing talk, like I said, and, and you covered every major issue there is. You talked about world hunger. You talked about health. You talked about animal rights and animal suffering issues. And you talked about the environment. And those are the talk, talk, types of uh, issues that I know you deal with in your programs and we talk about on our show. Uh, it's just a global, it's a universal, organic combination of all these things that's really that are all going to be important for survival on, on this planet and I think that's why we all do what we do because we want to get the word out and we're passionate about wanting to live a compassionate life. And I would just say because obviously you have an animal rights following is that we have to constantly constantly work on this 24-7. Anytime you make a meal or go out to a meal you better be Instagramming that sucker uh, and hooking your Instagram up to Twitter, Tumblr and Pinterest and Facebook so that everything you do is spread out because your non-vegan friends are going to have to hear this a thousand times before they get it. And, you know, there, there's messaging that the advertising industry is doing 24-7 that subliminally equates meat-eating with sex appeal, with patriotism, with family values, with social status, with all this crap that has nothing to do with it. So and the reverse, you, by the way. Non-meat-eating is weakness yes, and not unpatriotic yeah, exactly. and on the fringe. Yes. And so, you know, if you're afraid of offending your friends by tweeting all your meals, don't worry about it, okay? If they don't want to see it, they don't have to. And they're not going to see every one of your posts. You're not that popular. So just post everything. If you go to a festival like this, I'll tell you, you know, everybody in that room who's listening to me should have been, should have been Instagramming it. When, when I was uh, covering Freely the Banana Girl, everybody had their phones out. We have to, whatever our age, get hip to the culture now because that's how we're going to spread the word. Use your phone like a weapon to stop animal suffering. Do not waste your time talking one-on-one. Videotape, um, you know, Instagram, Snapchat, Tumblr, Facebook, tw- uh, Twitter, um, YouTube, all of these platforms can reach people. Yeah, that's really that's great. my final message. That's fantastic. Well, in, fi- in closing then, since you mentioned all that, Jane, do uh, you want to tell people your website, yes. how to get in touch with yes. you? Yes. Well, uh, mine is facebook.com slash Jane Velez Mitchell. And so you can just put my name, Jane Velez Mitchell, and when you, when you get to it, it'll say Jane Unchained. Or you can go to janeunchained.com. Uh, and uh, I also have a YouTube channel, but most people see my videos on Facebook, although we're trying to change that and expand to YouTube. But share the videos. If, that, if you do nothing else, just share those videos. Very good. Well, JaneUnchained.com. Jane Willis Mitchell, it's been a delight to have you yeah. on Vegan a Vegan today. Thank you so much for taking Ooh. the time, and until next time, have a great one. All right, cool. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Speaking of Vegan. If you like what you hear on the show and would like to promote your business by being an advertising sponsor, email us at sponsor at speakingofvegan.com. Thank you for what you do to make the world a more compassionate place. And again, that email is sponsor at speakingofvegan.com. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my god, 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 oh my god,
Oh my god. 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 Thank you for listening to Speaking of Vegan. Visit our website at www.speakingofvegan.com where you can access and download our show, view the vegan events calendar, and pick up some awesome Speaking of Vegan merchandise. Support the cause with the purchase of one of our brand new 100% cotton Speaking of Vegan t-shirts. There's a custom design on the front and back, and we have both men's and women's sizes in six different colors. Again, that's www.speakingofvegan.com, and just click on the store.